Yeah, well, let me, uh, let me start us off by prayer. Yeah, dear Heavenly Father, um, just thank you for uh, just giving me this opportunity to share your word today, Lord. Um, I pray that as we are gathered here in this church, Lord, I pray that you just open up our hearts, open up our minds, and just line our wills with yours, be able to um, just really absorb this message, um, truly get some truth from this message, and uh, just allow me to speak your words, allow me to speak with boldness and courage, and to speak with authority and truth, Lord. I pray all these things in your name. Just say, I pray, amen. So, my, uh, my sermon title is... Okay, that's not the sermon title, but the sermon title is called The Discipline of Silence and Solitude. And we're back. That was super awkward, right? Being silent, being, uh, being silent and being solitude. It's very, very uncomfortable. And I could just tell because people were kind of looking at each other and just like questioning, what is he doing? What's going on? And I got some, uh, yeah, I got some... Um, Bible verses to share, and I think um, this really shows about the discipline of silence and solitude. And I think it's the best teachers that's showing it, which is Jesus. And Jesus really um, goes into silence and solitude, and he makes this a really big discipline of his. And I'm going to read some verses that correspond to this. All right, Mark 1, 35 says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Mark 1.45 says, Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news as a result. Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. And Mark 3.13 says, Jesus went up to a mountainside and called to them those he wanted, and they came to him. In all these verses, you see Jesus um, going off into a solitary place, going off into to solitude, going off from the crowd, just being by himself. And um, this is what he really practiced. And I think there's a lot more verses in the Bible that really show this and really il illustrates Jesus going off into a solitude place. But I just picked a few because if I was to read all of them, it'd be, we'd be here for a long, long time. But yeah, Jesus really makes this a practice and it's a really huge discipline in his ministry. And every time he went off into a solitude place, he had a purpose for it. And we see that continuously uh, throughout the Gospels, Jesus withdrew from people, daily life activities, and the demands of his ministry to be alone with the Father and pray. So I was listening to um, the podcast again, and uh, Professor Daniel Park, I really, really enjoyed his uh, EMP uh, message. And what was it? Early morning prayer, electric magnetic pulse. And I thought it was really, really um, clever and cool, so I really liked his EMP message, and I think this also corresponds to what I'm trying to preach as well. But we see that Jesus is, uh, and solitude and silence is a major theme in the Gospels. And if you look through the Bible and you study this, you'll see, you'll discover really the power and the power and the secret behind of being in a solitude place and being alone with Jesus and God. And you see the priority of Jesus is solitude and silence is everywhere in the Gospels. It's how he began his ministry. It's how he made important decisions. And it's how he dealt with troubling emotions like grief. It's how he dealt with the constant demands of his ministry. And he, that's also how he cared for his soul. So he would, also, he would go into solitude place to really just care for himself. It's really about self-care. And um, yeah, it's also how he taught his disciples. It's how he prepared for important ministry events. 
And it's also how he prepared on the death on the cross. You see that Jesus, um, he was so anguished that he went off into the Mount of Olives and he was praying by himself just in solitude. And he was just, just in prayer and just trying to de deal with the grief that was gonna happen, deal with uh, his death on the cross. And it's also how Jesus, uh, solitude is how he went deeper into his love relationship with the God, God the Father, Abba. And if you read the gospels, Jesus really invites us to join him in this uh, solitude and silence. So this is why I really think, and I really believe that the spiritual discipline of silence and solitude is so essential in the life of a Christian. And I'm, I got four, four, four mini points, but I think they're good. And I'm gonna share them with you. So the first point is, silence and solitude is uncomfortable and needs to be practiced. You know, it says very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And I wanna highlight the part where it says very early in the morning while it was still dark. You guys, um, all of you guys um, going to early morning prayer, you guys are a great example of um, getting up early in the morning. It's super uncomfortable. And um, nobody likes to get up early in the morning. And I for sure don't like to get up early in the morning. And I have a really, really big problem with getting up early in the morning. Well, lately, but I think it's just more to do with uh, being lazy. But yeah, but it's really, really difficult to get up early in the morning and it's not comfortable. And you see that Jesus is doing something uncomfortable, getting up early in the morning, going into a separate space, going into isolation to really just be with God the Father, just to pray, just to re-energize and to prepare himself for ministry and what the ministry, uh, what goals or difficulties lay ahead of him. And I wanna read another verse that says, I was silent and still, my anguish increased, my heart grew hot within grew hot within me. I meditated. Show me, O Lord, how fleeting is my life. Each man's life is but a breath. Salah. And it's, you see right in this verse, it says, I was silent and still. And he was, this person was in a, a silence and silent and solitude place. He was practicing or she was practicing the spiritual discipline of um, silence and isolation. But you see this person, it's not, it's not comfortable. She, he's, he or she says, my anguish increased. So he, even though this person was in silence and solitude, you, you know this is not a comfortable place. And you see this person, she's, he or she says, my anguish increased, my heart grew hot within me, and I meditated. Show me, O Lord, how fleeting is my life. So this person really understands the importance of um, just silence, meditation, and being in isolation. And I think I have a, a little story that I think really goes along with uh, what I'm trying to uh, say here about being afraid and being uncomfortable with the silence of solitude. And I wanna begin with um, a story of um, a couple, I mean, a couple weeks ago, I started talking to this girl and we had gone out a couple of times and you know, everybody, when everybody, when you first start talking to a girl or talking to a guy, you send a text message, right? And then you see the little bubbles underneath and you get all excited. <laughs> so you, get, you see the little bubbles underneath, you're getting all excited and you can't wait for the text to come back. But sometimes the text doesn't come back right away, right? And you get super uncomfortable. You go like, oh, dude, did I do something wrong? Did I say something not funny? And you get really, really uh, filled with anguish and you become really uncomfortable. And... Um, yeah, so I, was, I, just met, I had met this girl a couple times, went on a couple dates, and I, 
I guess I got, got her mad or some, something happened on the date. I'm not, I'm not even quite sure what happened, right? And she was mad and then she, uh, she wasn't uh, replying to my text when she was replying like right away before, but now it was taking a little while. It was taking a little longer. So I was uh, really, feeling, uh, really feeling stressed out, really feeling um, like I messed up somewhere. And so I was going to text her back. I was going to say like, oh, did I do something wrong and um, all this and that. And, you know, I don't know if you guys have heard of the rule of like, don't double text or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that is, but apparently there's some rule where you don't double text, where you don't send two texts in a row or something like that. And I was about to do it. I was about to double text and um, I stopped myself. I was like, nah, it's not really a big deal. Who cares, man? Who cares if she's not into you anymore? Like, it's just, it's just a girl. Like, you'll get over it. You'll find someone new. And uh, I didn't text her, but I got a text back. I got a text back. She said, oh, I was just busy with my friends and family. Sorry, I couldn't get back to your text. And that was a relief for me. But that also shows how uncomfortable we are with um, not just being in silence and solitude. Because I was so uncomfortable because I didn't uh, receive this text back from this girl. And also, I think... um, these things that we have right here, we're like, uh, we're like cyborgs, right? These things impede us from being in isolation and uh, solitude. And these things, we carry it around with us everywhere we go. Every single, every single minute of the day, we have our phones with us. And if we don't have our phones with us, we feel very uncomfortable, right? You feel super lost. All you, all you think of is, oh, I got to get back home. I got to get my phone back. Or I got to make sure I charge my batteries. Or or I got to make sure my phone is 100%, something like that. We always have this thing around with us. And I just want to check something on here. It says screen time. Let's see what's my screen time. It says last seven days, my screen time was six hours and 30 minutes. What am I doing for six hours and 30 minutes on this phone, right? There's just no possible way. Like, what, how, what am I doing for six hours and 30 minutes on this phone? That's like, that, it just shows, shows you just how scared of um, being isolated we are because every single moment of the day, we're trying to text someone, trying to get some interaction off our phones. We're on YouTube. We're on the internet. We're always constantly being stimulated by our outside environments. Our, um, whatever it is, we're constantly being stimulated and we don't have any time to really just go in isolation and, and being with the Lord and, being, and retreating to a solitude place. And these things, this technology, our laptops, iPads, whatever it is, I believe is a huge, huge impediment to being isolated and to being with God. And this is a whole nother point about this being an idol, but yeah, for sure. It was a big wake up call seeing my screen time because six hours and 30 minutes is like way too much. I wake up at like eight o'clock and sometimes nine, 10 even. And there's not, I don't have six hours and 30 minutes of the day to waste on my phone. So that's just so crazy. And I also wanna read this little um, story it shows how back in the days before, before we had all this technology, how easy it was to just be in solitude, just be in isolation. It says, when my grandparents married in 1919 and began farming, solitude was a way of life. My grandfather spent most of his days alone in the fields and my grandmother spent her time alone until the children came along. In the farmhouse, no planes flew overhead, no cars or tractors rambled nearby. There was no radio, television or telephone, not even the slightest electrical hum. The only sounds my grandparents heard all day 
were those of God's creation or the ones they made while working. Just two generations later, solitude is now very difficult. We have phones, we have computers, we have cars going by, we have airplanes flying overhead. And it's just, I think it just shows you just how difficult being in isolation with God is because of all the technologies we have, how, how different life is from back then. I think people, people back then, they had such little stimulation. I mean, they didn't have as many things as we do now. They didn't have television. They didn't have uh, movies. They didn't have, um, I don't know if they didn't have radio, but let's just say they didn't have radio. It was just, it was just a, a very basic, simple life where they just lived their life, got up, read the Bible, whatever, interacted with God and didn't have any distractions. So they were constantly being allowed to be in isolation and being, and they were able to practice this uh, discipline of being in isolation. And our times have changed, it really has. But I think our need for solitude and its benefits for our souls have not. That thing is a forever constant. And I think the Bible shows us that, life shows us that, and Jesus shows us that because Jesus as the Perfect teacher always shows us that going in, going in solitude, going in isolation is something he practiced. And if that's something he practiced, I think we should practice that as well. All right, can we go to the next slide? All right, point number two. But it's silence and solitude that helps us grow. There's, a, there's another um, bald-headed pastor, um, not, not quite as good-looking as me, not quite as muscular, but he still has facial hair. His name is, uh, maybe you guys have heard of him, you know, Francis Chan, right? <laughs> you guys have heard of him. He's a very great man. He's still a man, though. I think very, very holy, very um, filled with God's love, filled with God's, um, yeah, he's just a very holy man. And I think he, he shows us this example of going to a quiet place. He tells a story in uh, one of his sermons I believe uh, some of you may have heard the sermon, but he talks about the first thing that he does in the morning is he goes to the shed that he had built and he spends it in isolation with the Lord. And he says how much he loves doing that. And that's like the one thing he looks forward to every single day is to go to that, um, is to go to that, thank you, is to go to that um, little hut to pray with God and to be in isolation with him, to spend just some quality time first thing in the morning, whatever it is, just to go into that little hut and just to be with him. And I think there's even a Bible verse that says, um, when you pray to God, go, go pray to God in the secret place or something like that. And for Francis Chan, that little hut for him is a secret place. And he tells a story about how when he had first moved into this neighborhood, he had built this little shed and he would go in there every single morning to pray and be with the Lord. But I guess um, some person living there would go by, walk by, and he was a, a neighborhood like building, he needed the building codes and regulations or something like that. And he walked by and he would see this, uh, this little hut and he would tell uh, Mr. Chan, oh, you know, that's not up to regulations. You got to tear that down. And so... Mr. Mr. Chan, you know, he loves that little, little hut. That's a secret place. He loves going there to pray. So when this guy is telling him, it's not, you can't do it, you got to break it down, he got kind of angry. And he, he looked up on the internet all these rules and regulations, and he was trying to figure out what he did wrong and um, trying to figure out a way to keep this hut for himself. And every single morning, that guy would walk by and tell him, oh, you got to take it down, you got to take it down. And he said he started to get really angry. 
he started to like picture these bad things. Like maybe he's walking by, maybe I'll throw like a brick at him or something. <laughs> something, he said that, he actually said something like that. And um, yeah, he was, um, this man was impeding him from going to his uh, secret place. And things came to be, I'm not quite sure. I don't really quite remember the end of the story, but eventually he was able to get the regulations uh, in order. He was able to keep this hut and he was able to continually just go into the secret place, help him grow, help himself be with the Lord and just, just to spend some quality time with Jesus and God. And I got this uh, little quote that says, true religion disposes persons to be much alone in solitary places for holy meditation and prayer. True grace delights in secret converse with God. So God truly loves it when we go to a secret place and we talk to him. While it's great to go out and, you know, just um, pray in, uh, pray in a, a congregation, pray corporately, that's, that's super good, super awesome. And we truly, truly need to do that as well. But I think it's very, very important to go to a secret place as well and just to converse, and go, converse with God in just silence and solitude with no worship music, no nothing, Right? I think just to, be, um, just to be with God is enough. You don't need worship music. You don't need any of that stuff. And um, just to be there silently in his presence, just to bask in his presence and just bask in his glory and just to receive everything that he has for you at that moment, just in silence and just, just accept it all. And I think it's truly, truly great to do that. And let me go to point number three. All right, point number three, in solitude, you can examine your own sins. I think in solitude, it's a great place where you can just examine yourself, go, go through life's, life's difficulties, whatever, whatever trials is coming for you. Just go into solitude and just examine it. And what I like to do is I like to, um, I like to work out a lot. I like to go out into my garage. Um, sometimes I'll just sit down. Before I work out, I'll just sit down, meditate, and um, just try to talk to God, try to see what's up. And um, yeah, just to be in the silence and just to be in his presence. And um, yeah, just this week, um, my dad and God are kind of similar. They used to tell me very similar things. It's kind of scary sometimes. But this week, while I was um, just, in, um, just in the garage by myself, just meditating, God kind of uh, imparted something onto my head. He's like, Eugene, you know what? You come every single morning, you come to the garage, you pull out the weights, you, you bang some weights out and you know, you're so excited to come here and do all that stuff. But he asked me, he's like, Eugene, but when was the last time that you were excited to come and serve me and come to church and do all those things? And I thought to myself, no, God, no, I get pretty excited. Like when I, like just, <laughs> just this past VBS, you know, I saw all the kids. I mean, can't say enough about the church kids. I love them. They're so, so cute, right? I mean, I've seen them growing up and I've been their teacher now for a couple of years. And man, those kids, they're just so, 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 so cute. And I love them so much. And I had complete joy when I went and served. I mean, it was very tiring, of course, but I truly, truly loved the experience of uh, going to the kids and um, just being with them. But God was saying, no, that's not what I'm talking about. He said, when was the last time you came to church with um, the attitude, the fervent attitude that you know, maybe you used to have? You, you, I think you, 
you like working out way more than you like coming down to church. And I was thinking about it and I was like, God, maybe, maybe you're right. <laughs> and then he's like, no, no, Eugene, come on. You are, right now, you're in this uh, mode, of, mode of vanity where you're just working on your body. You're not working so much on your spiritual health, but you're just constantly just trying to go to the gym, just constantly working on yourself. And God was saying, when was the last time that you read the Bible with that attitude? When was the last time you came to church to serve with that attitude? When was the last time you were acting like a real pastor? And I was like, geez, Lord, you know, you're completely right. Like calling me out. And during this, just being in the solitude, it just helped me realize, you know, you're right, God. I haven't been given my 100%. And, and I, up here as a pastor, I mean, I think I have to apologize to everyone here as well because if God was telling me I have not been giving it 100%, that means I have not been giving 100% to this congregation as well. And as a pastor, which means I'm a shepherd, Although I might not be a full pastor, I'm still an intern pastor, but still, I'm still a shepherd. And the shepherd's supposed to lead by example, right? And, you know, like, God admit, I haven't been leading by example lately. I, you know, people have been coming to early morning prayer. And I'm not saying because I, I'm not coming to early morning prayer that I'm a, I'm a bad pastor, that, nothing like that. But as, as a, you know, as a shepherd, I should also lead by example, which means I should come to early morning prayer, whether it means that, I'm super tired in the morning or not, it doesn't matter because I'm supposed to be a shepherd. I'm supposed to lead by example. So, so up here, I apologize to everyone that I haven't been giving it 100%, but it's only because that I've been in solitude with the Lord that I was able to just really realize this and God really just pointed it out and just really put that on my heart and said, Eugene, you need to step up. You need to do better. And you're not, you're not gonna be going to seminary to just half-ass it, but you're gonna go there. You're gonna give it your all. You're gonna... You're going to give it your all because you're going to become the pastor that's supposed to give 100% to the congregation, not 50%, not 75%, but 100%. And yeah, if I can give more than 100%, I would try, truly try to do that as well. But you can't go over 100%. So. <laughs> so my last point is this. It's in solitude when you can hear God and know God. I have three verses as well. It says, in repentance and rest is your salvation, in quietness and trust is your strength. But the Lord is his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. And Elijah went into a cave and spent the night and the word of the Lord came to him, a gentle whisper. I think for me, um, Elijah is just such a great um, example of a, being in silence and being really practicing that solitude and this, uh, this little verse right here says Elijah, Elijah was actually running from, um, oh man, was it, I think it was Jezebel. He had just um, killed all the prophets of Baal and Jezebel was saying, I'm gonna do the exact same thing you did to those prophets to you, so you better run. So he was running and he was really filled with anguish and I think he, he was uh, going, into, going into these caves and really just uh, searching for an answer from God and he went into this cave and he spent that night in solitude. And it says the Lord, word of the Lord came to him, a gentle whisper. And it was because he was in the solitude, it was in the quiet place by himself that he was really truly able to hear God's words clearly. And I have another example, like um, there was someone I was talking to and 
he was, we were just talking and he constantly is just talking over me. I would uh, try to say something and then he would cut me off and say something else. And so I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if, we, if you pulled him aside and you asked him, oh, what was I saying or what did I say? He wouldn't, he wouldn't be able to tell you anything because all he was doing was listening to himself talk. And that's all he heard. He didn't hear me. It was just him speaking. And I think this is exactly what happens when we're in our, our everyday lives. We're just constantly speaking, constantly being stimulated, constantly just being in, um, just taking things in, seeing images, hearing music, hearing songs, hearing words, partaking in conversations. You just don't have time to be alone and to really just hear God. And because you're being so uh, filled with interactions, being filled with so much distractions in your life, sometimes it's so difficult to just hear God. And I think it's when you're in this solitude and when you're in this quiet place and you're, when you're practicing the um, discipline of um, being in solitude is when you truly, truly can hear God the best. And I have another example of uh, this story uh, of being in solitude and when you can hear God the best. I was, as you guys know, I was um, applying to two seminary schools. I applied to APU and I also applied to Princeton Theological Seminary. And uh, for a long time, I was uh, battling back and forth. I, um, yeah, I just didn't know. I just couldn't choose. And um, I had, uh, I really wanted to go to APU as well because I really wanted to continue just to, just to serve at the church, just to continue to be plugged in. But as well, I mean, I couldn't really turn down Princeton Theological Seminary, which is fantastic school, um, great, great program, great. I met a lot of professors from there and, I was just really confused, really torn on what decisions I had to make. And I thought by being in the car and just praying to God sometimes, you know, with some music on, things, I would finally get the answer. And, you know, that didn't work. I was just, I thought, you know, saying breath prayers, going along, just, um, just taking little bits and minutes here and there, just saying some prayers in, in uh, whatever day, daily activities I was partaking in, I thought I would get the answer there. You know, I'm not saying God wouldn't give you the answer, but for me, he just, I just wasn't getting an answer. It was just a deafening silence. And I felt like um, I was trying to make the decision on my own. So I really just decided one time that, you know, not just one time, but I really decided, you know, let's just go retreat somewhere. Let's just pray. And let me, let's just really ask God what he really wants from me. And I kept asking God, I said, God, if um, you're pointing me to one direction, you know, just give, me, just give me a clear clue, give me a clear answer, whatever it is, I just, I just need you to show me something. And I just kept praying to God, kept praying to God, still nothing, right? And, uh, you know, I was feeling a little, uh, feeling a little um, discouraged, but, you know, God answers in his own time and God maybe was uh, trying to see how much more I would pray. So I kept praying and praying and praying. And then one day, I um, got an email saying, um, uh, what is it? Uh, 85%, yeah. I got an email saying 85% of my tuition would be covered if I um, went to Princeton Theological Seminary. So I was like, oh, that must be, that must be the sign, right? So that was, I took that as God pointing me towards that direction. And I don't think if I didn't retreat into a place of solitude and if I didn't practice this uh, spiritual discipline of being alone, I don't think I would have got that answer. You guys might, but for me, it's also, I would, I would say a lot easier because, I mean, I, I mean, in real life, I don't really talk too much anyway, right? 
I'm pretty silent. So for me, it's easy to be silent and not talk to anybody. But for, for you guys, I know a lot of you guys are social butterflies. I know Jeanette just loves to talk, right? Just talk, 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 right? So it might be hard. It might be hard for her. It might be hard to just be silent. But I just really implore every single one of you guys just to find a secret place, just to, just to retreat in solitude and just to really practice that spiritual discipline of uh, being alone, being, um, being content in silence and just being with God. Like even, I just want to close it by saying, you know, even at this church, I mean, we come here on Sunday. I think you guys might feel like it might be weird to come to, come to church on Sunday and just to sit down and, and not hear a message. But I think coming to church is sitting down and just being in the presence of the Lord, just being silent is good too. And I think um, there's something good in that and there's something you can learn from that. And yeah, we just really need to follow the example of Jesus because Jesus truly practiced that spiritual discipline of being isolated and being alone and really just spending time with Jesus. So let's pray. Yeah, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for just giving us the example of Jesus and the... just solitude and um, just, just, just the spiritual discipline of being in isolation, Lord. We know sometimes it's difficult. We know sometimes it gets lonely. Sometimes we might not feel like doing it, but Lord, it's something so essential for our spiritual health, for ourselves, for self-care, Lord. And yeah, we just love you so much. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.